What a great privilege sing praise to God together this morning in this beautiful place. If you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, starting with the 25th verse. As we sang in the first song this morning, we believe that we can listen to God, that we can hear his voice, and that he speaks to us directly through this written word that he's inspired for us to have. And we are blessed this morning to have it in the various forms that we have it today, whether it's a, an old school, leather bound, hard copy, giant print edition like this one, or one on your phone or tablet, uh, maybe even one in your glasses or contact lens. I don't know if any of you are that high tech or not, but I know they're out there. Um, but we have the word of God. And we can hear from God this morning as we listen to it. Ephesians chapter 5, starting with the 25th verse. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. Okay, husbands, I hope you heard that loud and clear, but that's not what we're going to talk about this morning. But I'm still glad you heard that. And your wives are saying, Amen. Because there's never been a time, I'm just going to say this now because it's not what we're talking about. There's never been a time when husbands need to love their wives like Christ loves the church more than right now. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is that love that the love of husbands for wives is based on. That statement that the Apostle Paul makes as he's describing marital love, and he describes the love of a husband for his wife like the love that Christ has for his church, which he describes in this passage as his very own body. And so all of us, not just husbands now, all of us, kids, wives, husbands, parents, Single people, young people, old people, all of us. If we have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, which as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, all of us are desperate to do. Like so many that we found in the scriptures, we are desperate Jesus. We have no hope apart from him. Not just during COVID-19, not just during protests, not just during election 2020. We have no hope apart from him because of who we are. Because of this broken 
and fallen world that we live in, and we are the reason it's fallen and broken because all of us have fallen into sin. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. We are desperate for Jesus Christ. And for those of us who have called out to him to save us, as we saw two weeks ago, he sent his Holy Spirit to come and live in us and to save us, to wash us, to clean us, to renew us, to make us brand new, to make us new creatures in Christ, as he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, to, to give us new birth, as he told Nicodemus. The Holy Spirit came and did that for each one of us. And as the Holy Spirit came into us to make us new, he also made us as individuals a part of the body of Christ. And this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever COVID-19 is doing to your family or to your workplace or to your job or to your part of the economy or whatever, no matter what's happening uh, in your family because of the the protests and the, and the riots, and no matter what's happening in your life because of the election that's going on and, and all the other crises that we're facing. And I haven't even mentioned the individual crises and family crises that all of us are involved in. No matter what's going on, I want you to know something this morning. I want to encourage you with something this morning. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, the perfect one, the one who was able to go to the cross to bear our sins because of his perfection and because of his love. And after he did that, the one who rose again from the dead on a Sunday morning just like today, and after spending time with his disciples and appearing to his disciples in various ways and and teaching them, He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and as he sent his Holy Spirit to come and to live in every single believer, he said that he would make us a member of his body. And that as a member of his body, he feeds and cares for us. And that's what I want us to think about for a few minutes this morning. The fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Creator Himself, feeds and cares for us. Oh, every single one of us here this morning loves our own bodies to some degree. Some of us less than others, but all of us to some degree. And I can say that with confidence because just about everybody that I see here this morning is seated in a chair because you're trying to be as comfortable right now as you can be now. I don't know about, I don't know about any other size of person, but my size doesn't fit that well in these kind of chairs. All right. So I'm much more comfortable right now standing up than I was when I was sitting down in my little red big lots chair. Just throw out another, um, Kudos to big lots. Um, but you're sitting because you want to be as comfortable as you can. We put, it, we put the, the service up here under the shade instead of the hot parking lot because we thought it would be a little bit more comfortable up here to worship the Lord than down there in the parking lot. It's flatter down there. The chairs would fit better, but it would be hotter down there. Because we believe that each one of you cares something about yourself, cares something about your own body. 
as the kids were talking about this morning. You've taught them well. They brush their teeth. They sleep. They eat the right things sometimes, in the right order sometimes. Because you've taught them to care for themselves, and you've been caring for them. But what I want us to think about this morning, as we think about the way that we take care of ourselves, to know that as a member of the body of Christ, and I'm not speaking specifically this morning about the, the ways that he uses all of us as members of his body within the, within the local church. No, this morning I want us just to focus on what Paul said about Jesus, that he feeds and cares for his body like we care for our bodies. When I slam my finger into something, I grab it and squeeze it and stop the bleeding if it's bleeding and put a Band-Aid on if it needs a Band-Aid. When I have a toothache, I go to the dentist and face more pain, but for the purpose of getting rid of that pain because I care for myself. I go and ride my bicycle on the greenway. Not just because I like riding my bicycle and feeling the breeze blow by me, but because I want to try to take care of this body that God's given me. I take care of every part of it the best that I can. And Jesus has made us, as individuals, parts of, of his body. And he, as the creator and sustainer of our lives, as the Lord of the whole universe, he is able to feed and care for us in the way that we need to be fed and cared for. And some of you are thinking, I'm not so sure about that. That sounds good on paper or on my device, but you don't know what I'm dealing with right now. You don't, you don't know what I'm facing right now. If I, was a, if, 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 he, if I was a member of his body, like you say, and he feeds and cares for me, then he'd be doing a better job of it than he's doing right now. And if that's the case in your life, if that's what you're thinking right now, if that's if that's the struggle that you're facing, just let me remind you that he knows as a member of his body and because he's all-knowing, the word we use for that is omniscient, both past, present, and future things, because he's all-knowing, He knows exactly what each one of us need to prepare us for what's coming ahead that we think or have an idea that we know what's coming ahead, but we really don't. But he does. And so if you're facing something right now where you're wondering if he really cares for you, if he's really feeding you, if you really fit into this description... And you look around and you think, you look at other people's lives and you think, now yeah, I can see that he's caring for them. I can see he's feeding them because they, they've, got it, they've got it good. 
as they were, as we were singing that song, you know, on those days when, when the sun's shining down on me and, and everything's like it's supposed to be, you look around and say, that's how everybody else is, but not me. I want you to remember that every single one of us who are believers in Jesus this morning, every single one of us are either right now going through some times that we question whether he really feeds and cares for us, or we have in the past, or we will in the future. All of us fit into that category that you, that you may be feeling right now. But we have his promise. We have the testimony of his people from the beginning of his people, even until today. We have all of those testimonies to remind us that this word is true, that he does feed and care for us as his own body because we are his own body. Now, if you look at the way he treated his own body, you can get a sense of what I'm talking about. First of all, the fact that he came to live in this world at all tells us that his physical body and its, and its feelings and its pleasure were not his highest priority. If, if his feelings, if his feeling good and, and his being in, in some sense of pleasure were his priority, he would have never come in to live in this world. Because remember where he was. Remember what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He was rich. He was doing just fine before he entered Bethlehem's stable. Just fine. In the presence of Almighty God as, a, as the second person of the Godhead of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In all eternity past, in the presence of God and his angels created to serve him, he was doing just fine. But his priority wasn't his own sense of well-being and feeling physically and emotionally. He entered this world giving up his riches, giving up all the pleasure that he was experiencing, giving up all of those things because he had a higher priority. He was willing to, to suffer life in this world. And he suffered even in his living, not just in his dying, but he was willing to suffer life in this world to accomplish something more important than how he felt at the time. And that especially goes, goes on into his suffering, into his, into his trial and his, and, his, and his torture that he went through, and then his crucifixion on the cross. Remember, he laid his life down. They did not take it from him. And if you, and if you ever doubt that, if you ever wonder that, just remember the story of what took place in the Garden of Gethsemane in John chapter 19. Remember when they came to arrest him. He was praying in the garden with his disciples. And they came to arrest him. And he walked up to the, to the soldiers and those that were leading the soldiers, including Judas Iscariot, one of his own disciples. He went to them and said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And when he said, I am he, I am. Ring a bell? Moses in the burning bush? Who, do you, who, who should I say send me? I am that I am. 
He's identifying himself as God himself. And you know what happened to those soldiers when he said that? Boom. Flat on their backs. He didn't keep them there. Could have. We would have. And more. And he could have done more. He flattened them on their backs, let them get back up, so they knew that whatever they did from that moment forward, he was letting them do. He was turning himself over to them because his own physical body wasn't the most important thing to him. And, the, and his pleasure and in, in his, in his feeling good wasn't the most important thing for him. He was here to accomplish the eternal plan of God for the salvation of mankind so that people like us could be a part of his body and be, be able to worship him as he created us to do. That was his priority. And so, don't be surprised if when you look at the way as he loved his own body and he, treat, and, he, and he loves it and cares for it as he needed to so that it was ready to do what it needed to do. Don't be surprised if he allows you as part of his body to suffer. Don't let that surprise you. He allowed his own body, his own physical body to suffer. He will allow his new body to suffer if necessary to prepare us for what lies ahead. We don't know what that is. But we do know this, that whatever suffering we may be going through right now or have gone through in the past or will go through in the the future, and remember, that's all of us, whatever it is, is going to prepare us and ready us for whatever it is that he has coming for us. And there's, there's going to be a day when you're going to look back at what you're going through right now, and right now might be the worst imaginable thing that you have ever gone through, and you can't even imagine how he could fulfill his promise in Romans eight twenty eight to work all things together for good for those of us who love him, for those of us who are called according to his purpose. You can't even imagine that right now. But there's going to be a day when you're going to look back at what's going on right now at this time when you couldn't even imagine that he could work it out for good, and you're going to say, oh, my word, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that time. Thank you for that suffering because I had no idea what you were doing. Kind of like that that child, that, that adult child that comes back to his dad says, hey, dad, I, I never thanked you for something, and the dad's saying, what? He said, well, that time when you didn't let me go to do this or to do that with that gang of people that I was going to go and do it with, and I was so mad at you and I hated you and I even told you that. And then I look back on what happened to those guys and that night and what my life might have looked like had I done that. And I look back now and I say, wow, my dad knew what he was doing. So thanks. Dad. Now I know most, most adults' children don't do that. They forget all that stuff. But God knows. Jesus knows what he needs to do for us, what he needs to feed us. One of the reasons you're here this morning, because he knows how to feed us. He knows what we need to eat. The word of God is what we need to eat. And we're we're eating of it this morning. We need it. We need it to get through what we're going through. We need it to be ready for what we're going to be going through next. And he is in charge because we are members of his body. And he knows how to get this body ready for what's coming. And what's happening right now. 
you know, what we're going through, what some of us are going through right now that we can't imagine how you could do anything good out of it. Some of the rest of us who are sitting here right now have been through some of that stuff, and he can use us to help those that are going through it now to get through it now. That's the kind of, that's the kind of circle that he's put in within his body according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where he says the comfort that we have received from him we can share with those who are suffering themselves. He never wastes it. He never wastes that suffering that we go through that we can't help somebody else along the way go through what they're going through. Job's wife is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. We don't know that much about her. We know she had a really good life going for a while. Really good. And then it just all fell apart including the death of her ten children in one day I can't imagine that and she couldn't either she couldn't figure out how God was going to use that for good so finally not right away but finally after Job then got sick and couldn't even take care of himself, sat in the dust scraping his scabs and wounds with broken pottery. Finally, she just had had enough. He said, honey, oh, Sarah, I don't think she said honey. She said, Job, just curse God and die. Just get it over with. Just curse God and die. Obviously, he doesn't care about you and me and us. Do you know what? She's changed her mind. She's changed her mind because she saw God do something. And even though she was ready to give up at that moment and thank God that Job didn't encourage her by listening to what she said that, at that moment, Oh, he listened, he just didn't do what she said. She stuck with him, had a change of heart, and when God healed him and, and brought about the change of his, of his situation and enabled him again, they had ten more children. And all the things that they lost, all the stuff that they lost, all the reputation they lost, they regained it all. And that's not even the best stuff that they recovered. The best stuff that they recovered were those first 10 children that died in the storm on that one day. Because, you know, if we, get to, if, if we got to have an interview with them right now, if we can invite them up to the stage and give them a microphone, all 10 of them, you know what they would say? Follow Jesus. He loves you and he cares for you. Even when the worst things happen, know that he hasn't forgotten you. Because we've been watching now for over 3,000 years and God has been using the story of our family to encourage people all around this world and heaven is full of people today because God used our family. And Job's wife would follow them and get a microphone and she'd say the same thing. Trust him. Never curse him. Never do what I said to my husband to do. So embarrassed about that. She'd say that. 
But thank God, He enabled me to recover. He enabled me to confess my sin. And He forgave me my sin. He restored my fellowship with Him. And I've been the proud wife of a man that God has used like no other because of His suffering. That's what they tell you today. I'm sure there's a long line in heaven waiting to get to talk to them. I don't know if that's how it's really going to be or not, but, you know, I got it in my mind. I can't wait to talk to them. And you know what? There are people that won't be able to wait to talk to you to find out how you did it. How did you make it through when you were going through that? And you know what you're going to be able to say? My Savior, he knew exactly what I needed when I needed it to prepare me for what I needed to go through so that I could help those that later on were going to go through it in some way. Or maybe just so that I could pray like nobody else for that person who was going through that. Sometimes it isn't even a conversation. Sometimes it's not even a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's just I know how to pray because I've walked through that. And the one thing I found out when I was walking through that, I don't need anybody talking to me. So I'm going to pray. Whatever the case, we have a Savior who loves us so much that he feeds and cares for us as we are a part of his body. And that is something to remember as we walk through whatever it is we're walking through. That's now for you. If you're you're young or you're old, it doesn't matter. You're going through some stuff or will be going through some stuff where you're you're going to have to ask yourself, does he really care for me? Is he really? Fe- and the answer is yes, every single time. He knows exactly what he's doing. So, body of Christ, if, and remember, that's all of us. That's not whether you're a member of Midway Community Church. We hope that every member of Midway Community Church is a member of the body of Christ. That's our desire. That's why we, that's why we require people when they join the you know, Midway Community Church, they have to tell us, that they have put their trust in Jesus. Because more important than being a member of a local church is being a member of his body. The body that he feeds and cares for and has promised to prepare a place that every one of us will receive an eternal reward, an eternal life of sharing in his inheritance for all eternity. And if you've put your trust in Jesus... That's you. If you haven't, then these things I'm talking about this morning, this way that he feeds and cares for us and uses us, that's not for you yet, but I say yet because you can receive him today. There's nothing holding you back. There's no reason for you not to receive him this morning if you haven't yet. As we were singing the song, you know, today I choose to follow you. Well, today you can, you can choose to receive Jesus. And what John said, in, 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 and he, John was one of Jesus' best friends, one of his apostles, and in the first chapter of his gospel, as he, was telling, as he was telling the story of Jesus, he said most of the people in Jesus' time and most of the people of his, of his race and, and family, they didn't receive him. But to those who received him, and then he describes how you do that, by believing in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And when we become the children of God, he makes us a part of his body of which he feeds and 
cares for. And so if you receive Jesus this morning, you will have him for the rest of your life, feeding you and caring for you, readying you for whatever it is you need to face in this life, and then preparing you to be with him and his great body for all eternity. Believers this morning, just keep focused on the love of God expressed through his son, Jesus Christ. Because no matter what you're facing, he cares for you. He feeds you. He loves you. And he will bring you through. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you are love and that you demonstrated your great love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. We thank you that for all of us who have received him, for all of us who believe in his name, you have made us a part of your body. And as such, you know exactly how to take care of us. Sometimes, Jesus, being a part of your body hurts. And we know you know that. Because no one has ever hurt like you have hurt. But during the times of pain, we pray that you would remind us that you care for us. Remind us that you know what you're doing. Help us to trust in what you've said in your word. And that you're building us into the man and the woman, the boy or the girl, the young person. That you want to use to bring glory to your name. Even as you used your own physical body in this world. To enable all of us to be able to be a part of your body. So shine through us on good days, on bad days. Help us to remember that we are members of your body. And it's in your great name we pray. Amen.